0: So, hey, guys, are you frustrated with where you're at right now, maybe stunted in your progress? Well, if you are, I want to recommend a place for you to go called Growth Day, growthday.com forward slash ed. It is the number one personal development app on the planet. It's got all kinds of high performance techniques in there, courses, accountability, journaling, live speeches from some of the top influencers in the world, including me. It's an overall environment to change your life. Growthday.com forward slash ed. This is The Ed Show. All right, welcome back to the show, everybody. Well, today is going to be amazing because, I don't know, outside of my family, maybe my favorite human is sitting right across the table from me here today, and um, I always feel honored when I get a chance to share her with all of you and time with her. The other thing I got to tell you that I'm really, really excited about is her book is finally here. It's a little bit, if you're listening to this, it's a little bit a few weeks before. If you're listening to this before February 20th, you can go to worthybook.com forward slash ed. If you would like to be coached by me and this lady, all you have to do is go get her book at worthybook.com forward slash ed. Now, let me properly introduce her because I'm sure you're all thrilled that she's my great friend. How about this? You're a waitress at Denny's. You're adopted all of your life you struggle with whether or not you are worthy enough to do anything in your life, and you find yourself many, many years later, exiting your company for over one billion dollars. I want you to picture that. You've grown up your entire life as an adopted little girl wondering whether or not you're worthy enough. And you find yourself someday later building an amazing family and exiting your company for over a billion dollars. And oh, by the way, then becoming the first ever female CEO of L'Oreal. So if there is a person qualified to talk about being worthy and how you grow your worthiness in your life, it is this woman right here, the author of this new book called Worthy, How to Believe You Are Enough and Transform Your Life, Simple Steps, Life-Changing Results, from someone who knows how to do that in a huge way, Jamie Kern-Lima. Welcome back to the show.
1: And I love you. You're going to make me cry. I love you. My lashes off before we even start. <laughs> I'm excited. I am. Yeah. I'm on fire. Yeah. I cannot believe this is coming out. Me We've too. been waiting so long. Finally. And um. And th- I just want to say thank you off the top, uh, just for the human being you are in the world thank and you outside of my family,
0: mm-hmm.
1: one of my favorite people in the world. So this is gonna be fire. Anyone yeah. listening, let's go. I have it's to gonna tell you, a good this, episode.
0: I got to tell you, this book's incredible, you mm. guys. And I am biased because I love this woman. Sorry. Getting emotional already. And I very deeply believe in her. But I got to tell you, I believe in this book. And I believe what's in this book. Now, I thought I knew you, which we're going <laughs> to get to in a minute. There's some stuff in this book. Oh my gosh. There's things I did not know about young Jamie that we're going to get into. <laughs> But let's set the stage yeah. first, okay? Because there's some statistics early in the book that like blew my mind, particularly as it applied to women, but men aren't real far behind either. Yeah. Give us some of the data on this, really, you talk about an epidemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. lack of feeling worthy in someone's life, it's at epidemic levels right now. I think the yes. digital age has even made it even worse, probably, particularly for women. But give us some of the data on why this matters so much.
1: Yeah, men and women. And I think, um, you know, right now, for anyone listening, if you could be crushing it, hitting career goals, doing everything right, have six-pack abs, whatever it is for you, yeah. but if deep down inside you still feel like you're not enough, yes. It will affect every single area of your life. And Mm. so right now as we're speaking live, 80% of women don't believe they're enough. 75% of female executives deal with imposter syndrome. 91% of girls and women don't love their bodies. Mm. But 73% of men Mm. feel inadequate. Mm. And here's the thing is, we can be really good at hiding it, but it does not mean it does not surface in every area of our life, our Mm. business, our leadership. When you believe you are fundamentally not enough and worthy as you are, like it is a lie. Mm. It is a lie that you can unlearn. And, you know, I really wrote this book for every girl, every woman, every man, every person to literally learn what are the tools that I can actually apply to my life right now to believe I'm enough. Mm. Because, Ed, in my life, like I worked really hard, I believed that if I did enough things, accomplish enough things, got enough attention, won enough awards, hit a certain number in my bank account, did what the world told me success looks like, Mm. that then I'd feel enough. Mm. And it was through doing so much of that and then literally sabotaging huge parts of my life and not knowing why, Mm. staying stuck and not knowing why, and it's because I didn't understand that I can have a whole lot of self-confidence, but if deep down inside I don't believe I'm enough, like. That's what happens, right? It, we sabotage all these areas of our life. We stay stuck. We don't know why our business isn't doubling. We don't know why we're not happy in our marriage or in our career, and we think it's the other person. Hmm. When underneath it all, if we don't learn how to build strong self worth, hmm. it literally impacts every area of our life.
0: What's the difference then between self confidence? So you're saying I could actually have self confidence, yes, and still not feel worthy, yes. Yeah, well, yes. I think you. I think and I think you described me.
1: It's it's. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Can you describe me. Go ahead. Answer that. I want to hear this. This is really good.
1: Well, and I think, I think that I'm excited for you to share. I'm excited to ask you about this mm-hmm. in your life, Ed, because mm-hmm. so many people know you, love you, they aspire mm-hmm. to have what you have, mm-hmm. and to all of the things. And mm-hmm. I think why they connect with you so deeply. In addition to that, is because you're willing to actually share what's happening deep inside so, of you. So are you. I think, um, you know, here's the thing. So this is a huge, like I always think of that emoji with the head exploding, right? Anyone listening right now, this may be a huge aha moment for you. And I always describe aha moment. Mm -hmm. I define it as like a moment when your knowing, like surpasses your conditioned belief system. Mm -hmm. An aha light bulb moment, right? Mm -hmm. This was one in my life after I thought I had accomplished it all. and didn't understand why I still didn't feel enough, Mm. I learned that there is a massive difference between self-confidence and self-worth. Here's the best way I can describe it. And they're both very important in our lives, mm. but they're very different. Mm. Self-confidence, while it's an internal trait, it's based so much on what's happening around us externally. It's how we assess our own skills and abilities, how we feel we're you know, stacking up against other people, mm. our willingness to try and go for it. Mm. Um, if we keep the promises we make to ourselves, mm-hmm. uh, uh, how much of the world's definition of success that we feel we have, right? There's all mm. the studies that show the boxer who wins the fight is automatically more confident, right? Confidence rises and falls. It's Mm -hmm. fragile. It's volatile. It fluctuates. Mm -hmm. But self-worth is actually the deep internal knowing that you are worthy of love and belonging exactly as you are. Mm -hmm. Not as you're achieving, not as you're winning or losing, Mm -hmm. not as you're, you know, anything else going on on the outside, but exactly as you are. And the kind of the way I compare them as like, you know, self-confidence is your assessment and your abilities as a person, mm-hmm. as a person. Mm-hmm. Self-worth is your belief and your value mm-hmm. as a person.
0: Uh, Jamie, so- I gotta tell you, I, I when you were writing the book the whole time, by the way, yeah. Jamie came on the show But I don't know, like a year ago. And I had excerpts from the book, and I kept telling you how incredible it was. It's different reading the whole book. It, it affected me much differently. And by the way, I want to be very clear. This book is not for women. It's for humans. Yeah. And it hit me differently. I think even I've conflated self-confidence with worth. Thinking, if I became more confident, if I achieved more things, if yes. I got... And I think I can tell you guys all, truly, that she's a thousand percent right, that there's a distinction between the two, because... Yeah. I'm still working at this stage. And the book helped me, by the way. There's tools and tactics, there's lies in the book that we tell ourselves. She said something in the book that stood out to me. As I was reading and I was going in the room, I told you and telling my daughter, Bella, Mm. Bella this. And I realized at one point, um, I didn't need to keep telling Bella all these things. I needed to sit there with it myself. Mm. And I'm 52, and I've done a lot of work, as you know, and help a lot of people. In the book, you said achievement doesn't lead to love or fulfillment.
2: Yes. Yes.
0: I think I'm like, you know what? If I just keep achieving things, yes. if I just keep accumulating things, if I keep helping enough other people too, right. if I just help enough other people, it's a very different thing than worth. Confidence yes. and achievement is very different than worth. What about you? I'm curious. Do yeah. you still struggle with any of this? It's kind of the expert who's written the book. Yeah. And yeah.
1: Every day and it is mm. a lifelong journey, mm. but learning how to build my self-worth, mm. for the first time in my life, I'm feeling fulfilled. Good. For the first time. And and I wanna share something you just said is so, so, so important, because mm. so many of us believe this lie. We don't know it's a lie, but we believe. Like, think, think everyone, you know, with us right now and Mm -hmm. everyone listening and watching this right now, think about, has there been something in your life, a big goal or a dream where you thought, when I finally get that thing, then I'm going to be happy, then I'm going to be fulfilled, then I'm going to be enough. And maybe Mm -hmm. it's, you know, a certain number in the bank account or Mm -hmm. a a certain job title or when your company hits a threshold or when you Mm -hmm. get married and have kids or the six pack app, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. Mm -hmm. And then you finally got the thing. Maybe it took you years to get it. You Mm -hmm. finally got it. And then what happens? You might feel excited for a year or yeah. a month or a few hours. And before you know it, you're back down to feeling like, huh, I still feel like something's missing. I still feel like this mm-hmm. isn't enough. Mm-hmm. And so then what do we do? We think, OK, I just got to achieve more. Yeah. So then we work harder and harder and harder. Hard. And listen, to your point, while you're doing this, you're building a whole lot of self-confidence, which mm-hmm. is important. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we're growing in that process, which is important. A lot of times we're serving others, which is so important. Those three things are all very important. But none of this, none of this constant hustling, achievement, accomplishment, all the things, none of that actually builds self-worth. It builds a lot of self-confidence, but it doesn't build self-worth. And so, here's the deal, y'all. Here is what low self-worth looks like in our life. Okay. And by the way, it can look like the man or woman crushing it yeah. with millions and millions of followers or a massive company or mm-hmm. a whole lot of fame or whatever whatever your definition of success that you believe success is. It can look like that on the outside. Mm. But what self-worth looks like on the inside when it's low, okay? And see if you resonate with this at home because a lot of people feel like I don't understand why I'm hitting a plateau in my business. I don't understand why I feel stuck. I don't understand why I feel like unfulfilled, like something's missing. Mm -hmm. So see if one of these boxes, if you check one of these boxes, because here's what low self-worth looks like in our life, even if we're crushing it on the outside, right? If you have super low, low, low self-worth, what it looks like is you stay stuck. You're Mm -hmm. stuck and you don't know why. Mm -hmm. You know you have a book inside of you to write, but the words aren't coming. Mm -hmm. You know you have art you want to put out in the world or this wild business idea that might be so innovative and you don't know why you're not sharing it or why you're not going for it or why you haven't registered the domain right because in our life and this is across the board i'm going to start hitting this table i'm going to get so excited (laughs) ed every time over time we do not perform to the level of our potential Mm -hmm. we plateau at the level of our self-worth and this is in your career your dreams your hopes your ambitions your relationships Mm -hmm. all of it right I talk about this a lot in in Worthy in the book where I say like we don't rise to what we believe is possible. We fall to what we believe we're worthy of. We don't soar to the level of our goals and dreams. We stay stuck at the level of our self-worth. So if you have low self-worth, like it looks like why am I stuck in my life? Mm. Now, if you have medium, a little bit more self-worth, here's what that looks like. Maybe this applies to someone listening right now. It looks like, okay, you believe you're worthy enough to go for it, so you go for it but you don't quite believe you're worthy enough to get it so you sabotage it Yes. right if you're someone who goes for things and and you say you finally meet that amazing partner and you don't know why you F the whole thing up or you put them in the friend zone or you're somehow not attracted to them and you just it's because we attract what we believe we're worthy of right so So if you just have like low to medium self worth you'll go for things but you'll either sabotage them or you'll just miss out on getting them and you don't know why Mm. if you have me Medium to high self-worth, here's what that looks like. That looks like we go for the thing like, and we actually get it. We accomplish it. We believe we're worthy of it. Mm. But when we don't have super high self-worth, we get the thing, but we still feel like something's missing. Amen. We still feel unfulfilled and mm. we don't know why. Mm. Everyone in the world can tell us we're amazing. But deep down inside, we don't think we're enough, so we keep thinking we got to get more because mm-hmm. if we get enough, we'll finally be enough. If we achieve enough, mm-hmm. we'll finally be enough, mm-hmm. right? If my body fat gets low enough, I'll finally be
0: enough. Yeah.
1: All of it's a lie. Yeah. Spirit, None of it leads to self-worth.
0: Holy Spirit's flowing through you right now, just so you know it's awesome to watch. You're mm-hmm. in the flow zone. Holy spirit everywhere can feel it while you're talking. I just want to say that to you as your friend, like you're in you're it. You're going right to make now. me cry. I, yeah. I
1: add, you know, yeah. this, I've never said this out loud before mm-hmm. in public, but you know, I don't feel like I wrote this book. Like this book came through me. And I think mm-hmm. in our life, like, you know, because you know my life that mm-hmm. I have accomplished a whole lot, mm-hmm. but I've also like, even after accomplishing, even after selling my company for $1.2 billion cash. I had a lot of confidence, but I did not have a lot of self worth yet. Yeah. And I didn't know the, and I sabotaged things. And I, this book. I'm getting emotional because honestly, I think about every girl, every woman, every man out there Mm. who right now is gonna just keep striving for all this stuff and not realize that if they just learn the tools to be enough exactly as they are, A, they become more fearless and go for things even more. This doesn't curb, feeling strong self worth and enough exactly as you are does not curb your ambition, okay? Mm. It gives you more ambition, Mm. right? Uh, There's this lie that we believe that, oh, if I feel like I'm enough and worthy of love and belonging exactly as I am, I'm gonna lose my edge, I'm gonna lose my ambition. No, actually, when you realize, oh wait, if I fall flat on my face, if I win, if I lose, yeah, it might affect my confidence, but it does not touch my self-worth, my self-worth is unshakable, Mm. then that's when you become fearless. That's when you actually become more ambitious because you don't care about the outcome because you know it can't rattle you, right? So building strong self-worth, it's the foundation. Your confidence is the house you build upon the foundation. But that house is only as rock solid as the foundation of self-worth you have under it that then equates to your level of fulfillment and also your level of fearlessness and going after the things, the dreams on your heart, your potential, you're calling the person you're born to be.
0: I, I, oh my gosh. Like, first off, everybody, I just want to step out of this because if I, I won't remember because I'm so dialed in. But if you go to worthybook.com forward slash ed, you can uh, qualify to get coached by Jamie and I on a coaching call with us and also get the book. And I just highly recommend you do that. So I have to tell you how this applies with me. Number one, in my baseball career, when I went away to college, I always held a little bit in reserve. I worked mm-hmm. hard. No one didn't. None of my teammates or coaches, I don't think, would ever know I didn't give it everything. Mm. But I still have nightmares to this day about not making it in professional baseball after all that I've accomplished. And I've evaluated later in my life, any of you right now that aren't giving it everything you've got in a relationship or in a mm. business or something, take this page out of my book and what Jamie just said. I'll give you the application of two things you said. I've evaluated it, and I left a little bit in the tank. Mm. Almost like, did I do it so I'd have an excuse later? Like, why did I... Just a little bit. There was more in me I could have given. And I regret it the rest of my life. No matter what I achieved, that was an opportunity and a moment in my life that I didn't max out. And the truth is, it's because I didn't think I was worthy of it. Mm. I just didn't. And it showed up. And I think after that, I went, you know what? That's never gonna be the case again. I'm gonna achieve. What I went to work on was my self-confidence, not my worth. Mm. And so I became a very self-confident man. And then I achieved. And it, where the worthiness thing shows up for me, just so the audience knows the areas that it can show up, I do th- think I'm worthy of wealth. I produced it. I do think I'm worthy of feeling some happiness and joy in my life. I actually have that. For me, the worthiness thing shows up in love. Yeah. I give love to all other people. But in my own life, in my quiet moments, I don't allow myself to feel it very often.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Even from people who truly love me. I don't allow myself to feel it and experience it on a deep level, not the way that I should. And my evaluation and reading your work, just this last week again, was like, that's because I don't think I'm worthy of it. Mm. And so I won't allow myself to feel that, I'll give it. But that area of my life, feeling loved, I think just because of the way I was raised or whatever it is, I just don't feel like I'm worthy of it. And yet, when I read the book, I learned tools on how to begin to change that. So I want to tell you that it profoundly affected me. Someone that you know very, very well. But did that show up for you too, the love part of it? Because obviously you produced a lot of wealth, a lot of wealth, a lot of success, a lot of notoriety. But it was the love part in my life, like just feeling loved that I never allowed myself and still don't most of the time to experience. That's where it shows up for me.
1: And I know, obviously, I won't call this out here, but I know also when that can look like keeping friends in our life that don't love us back the way we love them, mm-hmm. that don't show up for us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. 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 right? You and I both have done that. Yeah. Um, also, I, I just want to say this, that you know, a lot of your audience might know these parts of your stories from your book, The Power of One More, mm-hmm. from other areas. When you were growing up, you were the one that had mm. to love everyone else. Mm. You were the one, Ed, that like took mm. care of your family. You were the one that mm. so many times had to be the man of the house. You were mm. the one that had to see, is is my dad gonna enter the key and mm. I'm gonna hear it and know within a second he's drunk right now yeah. and I'm gonna have to protect my mom. Mm. Like you were the one giving all the love. Yeah. And so, you know, for those of us who've gone through tough experiences, uh, which a lot of us have in different ways.
0: Yeah, you have for sure.
1: Learning to love ourselves right now. First of all, it will impact every relationship in your entire life because whether you're talking about your romantic partner or your kids or your friends, mm. your depth all the studies will prove this, your depth of connection and love with them between you and them can only be as strong as your depth of love and connection with yourself. Mm. And We have this lie that tells us, oh, loving myself is selfless or it's some kind of woo-woo stuff or this or that. Oh, uh -uh. uh-uh. Like doing the work to learn to believe you are lovable, worthy of love, and actually loving yourself and connecting with yourself. So many of us go through the entire day. We know how to like deliver for everyone else, please everyone else, make everyone else happy. We don't even know how we feel. We don't know how we feel. We're not connected to ourselves. We don't believe we're worthy of connecting to ourselves. It impacts every other relationship. And then we end up feeling lonely yeah. so there's a lot of us that can serve and give and and show up the way we think everyone else needs but we actually feel lonely and we don't realize we're robbing them God. of a depth of connection if we don't do the work on learning to believe we're worthy exactly as we are and learning to love ourselves right and there's a lot of tools in the book worthy on how to do this there's a whole section on self-worth shortcuts um, and this has shown up in my life a lot
0: give us one of them right now and I'm going to yeah. ask you about the disconnection thing because you asked me last night. What are your favorite parts of the book? I think <laughs> it probably surprised you what some of my favorite parts of the book were. But one yeah. of them is on disconnection. Yes. Because I'm familiar with it. But we'll talk about that in a minute. But give us yeah. one little t- tip from the book.
1: I will. Okay. okay. Um, before I forget to say this to you, I just have to say it. I want to thank you for being so generous because when people go to worthybook.com/slash/ed, mm-hmm. if you pre-order, you're getting a coaching call live with me and Ed. Yep. Everybody who does that at worthybook.com/slash/ed, yep. is getting a live coaching call it's be with awesome. Ed. And me, I'm so excited about it, but I know how precious your time is and I just want to say thank you for that. I'm honored um, to do it. Okay, so two things. Um, actually, why don't I just go there? Kay. I have never said these words out of my mouth ever publicly in my life. Yeah. And you now know this story.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: My mom who passed away last year knows this story. That's it mm-hmm. until this book comes out. I never knew growing up why I didn't feel enough mm. and I mean I, you know I learned later in life I was adopted I learned all the things my parents worked a ton I was alone a lot
2: mm.
1: but I believe the lie that achievement equal love or attention equaled love and you know when I was 18 I started working in a health club in sales and I was first I was a receptionist and then what happened is that all the salespeople got so busy, they asked me to start doing club tours. It was this health club with 8,000 members. I'd do the club tour, and I'd have to present the membership pricing at the end. Mm-hmm. I started crushing it in sales, yeah. right? And all of a sudden, I was outperforming the sales team. Now, you're promoted in this health club not based on your Qualifications, or if you're even mature enough to handle it, it's pure numbers. Yep, yep. <laughs> All they care about is who's making the most money. So I get promoted to sales, into sales, mm-hmm. and then I start crushing it in the sales team, and I get promoted to assistant manager, eventually manager. Yeah. All the people reporting into me are like twice my age, and they're people that have been selling their whole career. Here we go, you guys. <laughs> Can you believe this. I there's one guy in particular, yeah. who. Ed, mm-hmm. let me just—I'm going to be embarrassed saying this out loud no, in front it's of you. Great. Okay, he was the first guy in my life where I was like, "He is so hot." <laughs> By the way, he's <laughs> double my age. Okay, he's double my age, and he's dating a number of women, and he literally looks like like an A-list celebrity to me. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget one moment. I'm standing there at the front desk closing another sale, like recording it he walks by and you know that moment when someone holds eye contact with you yep. and you know mm-hmm. that moment just shifted and you're no longer just friends. <laughs> In this case, I was his boss. <laughs>
0: you were his boss when he's twice and your he's age.
1: twice my age. Yep. And also I knew he was dating half of the other, cl- I mean, he was dating so many women. At the time, I had a lot of confidence, I was crushing sales, my numbers Mm. were top every week, right? Mm. But I did not have a lot of self-worth. And we started dating, I like fell in love. I mean, Mm. I was in love. And I eventually said like, let's just be exclusive. And he's like, no,
2: Mm. no. (laughs)
1: And Mm. I was like, okay, I had to decide in that moment, Mm. do I want to love him and betray myself? And I chose to and i because again we're talking about careers business all the way self-worth it can impact your relationships it can impact every area of your life and i literally like i mean was just crushed every week over and over and over and over and stayed in that relationship and eventually i decided to leave and move off to college so now uh, we break up uh, I go off to college and I'm waitressing at Denny's. I get a job waitressing at Denny's. These are the words I have never shared.
0: So hey guys, as you know, I've partnered up with my good friend Brennan Bouchard who's created the greatest personal development system that has ever been designed called Growth Day. There's everything from journaling to accountability programs, live messages every Monday from myself and other influencers. There's an opportunity for you to, to get courses that would cost thousands of dollars completely for free. It's incredible. Go to growthday.com forward slash Ed and check it out. Hey guys, if you need to hire, you need Indeed. You know, in all of my businesses, and I've been blessed to have several of them, I've used Indeed now for a number of years. And the main reason I do it is, if you're like me, I don't want to waste a bunch of time interviewing people that aren't qualified for the positions that I have. It's one of the hardest jobs in the world, right? Or they are qualified, but they're not interested in making the move at the given time. And so with Indeed, you have a thing called Instant Match where they match you with quality candidates within 24 hours and you're in front of people that want the job, that are qualified for it, and that you probably want to hire, I wouldn't go anywhere else. They've delivered great candidates to multiple businesses that I have right now. So here's what's great. Listeners and viewers on my show, you get a $75 sponsored job credit right now to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Mylett. Just go to Indeed.com slash Mylett, which is M-Y-L-E-T-T, right now, and you can support our show by saying you heard about Indeed here. That would be great, by the way indeed.com slash my terms and conditions apply you need to hire you need indeed hey guys i want to talk to you about shopify you know when i started the show the furthest thing from my mind was doing online business and now i can't imagine my life without it so i love shopify because they're a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business so whether you're in the startup phase where you're just launching your online store or you're at that really big business where you're like, hey, we just hit a million bucks in order stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. They've helped me through every single stage. I wouldn't even know what to do without them. So whether you're selling shipping supplies or promoting productivity programs, Shopify helps you everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered big time. They help turn browsers into buyers. They convert their checkouts 36% better than all the leading competitors and I've used them for everything I do online. So every single thing you see that I market online, Shopify is somehow involved. I wouldn't even know what to do without them. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash my let. Okay, you guys, can I just say before you share them, this is what, it's okay. I'm getting emotional for you. This is where you're really helping people. There's there's millions of girls, especially, that need to hear the story you just told and the one you're about to. And I know they're hard, but this is this is the real work this is not I sold my company for a billion dollars and yeah. here's how I did it this is the real stuff right here so there's keep so
1: going. much in this book and this book is not my story this book is 20 plus tools on building unshakable self-worth mm-hmm. um but I weave some stories in here I've never shared before because it
0: qualifies you Jamie this qualifies you and mm. and and um go ahead you said because well
1: go you ahead. know I almost took these stories out I know so did. many times yeah, you told I me mean, you
0: were thinking about it I didn't know what they were until I read it uh, but yeah well, I, thank I, God you didn't
1: I just kept remembering the intention of this book, it is not about me. Like Mm -hmm. for anybody listening to us right now who feels like their past Mm -hmm. and their their failures and their mistakes and the people they've hurt and the things that they feel like, as you would say, disqualify them from Mm -hmm. their dreams, right? Mm -hmm. Like so many people feel that way and they're staying here thinking, oh, I failed so many times, that means I'm a failure. They mm-hmm. let it take root at an identity level. I've been rejected so many times, I'm a rejecter. I've made so many mistakes and bad decisions, I'm a mistake. Mm-hmm. And that is a lie. It is a lie that impacts our self-worth. It's a lie that you can unlearn. Mm -hmm. Uh, But here's here's the problem. I was at a moment in my life, I'm waitressing at Denny's, I have big dreams on my heart, and I start to miss the fact that I'm crushing numbers every week. Mm -hmm. And that I'm having all of the sales success and all this attention and this money. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, huh, okay, I'm waitressing at Denny's, busting my butt, hoping that someone throws a few dimes on the table (laughs) because I'm in a college town where everyone has no money. And here's what happened, Ed, and this is for everybody listening. When we have low self-worth, even when we don't realize it, we get confused about a few things in life that are key. Mm -hmm. We get confused when we do not feel we are enough as we are, attention starts looking like love. External significance starts looking like success. Mm -hmm. Validation from others starts looking like worthiness. Mm -hmm. And I was missing all of those things that I thought were love and worthiness and the way it manifested in my life is, I drove to the biggest city, I've never shared this before, (laughs) I drove to the biggest city about an hour and a half away uh drove to, didn't even know what I was going to do, frankly. I was just like, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, stopped at an adult entertainment club, also known as a strip club. Walked inside. Saw all of these waitresses in these black pants and white shirts and then all of these dancers not wearing anything. <laughs> uh, I remember the first time I walked in, there was like 30 or so Patrons, men sitting in the audience, and I talked to a waitress there. And she told me, like, she makes a few hundred bucks a shift selling sodas. They didn't even have alcohol there, selling Mm -hmm. sodas. Uh, And I literally applied for a job and got hired that day in the strip club. And I would waitress all week at Denny's and I'd drive up there on the weekends. And then I'd waitress in the strip club, now wearing black pants, a white shirt, Mm -hmm. but thinking, huh maybe I'll also dance right and in that club for me in that moment two big two big things one attention I was confusing attention with love Um, I started dating someone who works uh, who is a patron of the club and I remember there's this moment where he took me to a firing range and I'm out in the middle of nowhere in some city I don't know anybody in with this dude I barely know yeah. holding this gun at a firing range and we're shooting targets. Mm. And I remember it, it was so loud and I was like, huh, okay. Like he loved it, you know, a lot of people love hobbies like that and I was just like, I was more scared than I was interested at that point and I remember just sort of losing connection with him, him over time and eventually one night he drove me home from the strip club about an hour and a half back to my college apartment and i decided to break up with him yeah. mm-hmm. and in that moment i remember looking in the back of, the, of his jeep and seeing all of these guns mm-hmm. and just going what am i doing with my life
0: yeah. like
1: what am i doing with my life even made
0: sure the door was unlocked
1: yeah yeah because yeah. i was like going through my head like you know because when mm-hmm. i when i broke up with him he got really quiet and i got mm-hmm. really scared mm-hmm. and i was like what am I doing with my life? And yeah. I was like making sure the door wasn't locked because I have to dive out in the middle of the highway. Like it was so scary. And I remember mm-hmm. he dropped me off at my college apartment and we never spoke again. But that moment was a low for me in the sense where I was like, what am I doing yeah. with my life? And you know, you often talk about the thermostat example that, you know, if we believe we're 75 in identity or self-worth and mm-hmm. and, and and things go lower, mm-hmm. you know, we'll, we'll, we'll warm it back up a little bit. Mm. And at that moment, um, you know, a couple big things happened in my life that I share in the book that helped me start to build self worth and mm-hmm. to believe I'm enough. Uh, but but here's what I want to say: there's a lot of things like this and others that I share in the book because I could have gone, okay. No one in my family has ever gone to college, or I've done these kind of things or hung out with these kind of people. I talk in the book about getting arrested for the first time and dating a guy who stole cars all the time. And 14 like, 14 years old. Yeah. And yeah. what it was like to be booked into juvie and just like all of these things where I could have said to myself, like, oh, you know, I, all the things I've done that are bad means I'm bad and that's yeah. one of the biggest lies we are so tempted to tell ourselves mm-hmm. all the things in my past that I'm embarrassed of or ashamed of or mortified of or the mistakes I made or whatever it might be mm-hmm. mean I'm a mistake and it's a lie and it's we attach these labels to ourselves I have a whole chapter in, in worthy called labels and how we believe these light labels that someone else has said about us or that we've stuck on ourselves we believe they're permanent Yep. And we let them take root, but they're not. They're like post-it notes with that light adhesive. You can peel them right off, mm-hmm. right? And, and I go through how to do that. But I could have doubted myself out of my own destiny, yep. right? A lot of people, if they Google my story, you won't find any of this. Yep. What you find is, oh, you know, Denny's Waitress builds a billion-dollar company. Right. She's on the Forbes list. She taught a class with Oprah this year. Yeah. You see all that. And you, and you might think like, oh, things like that happen to other people, mm-hmm. not people who have made so many mistakes like I have, or not people who have been through what I've been through. Or, and, and I just, I finally decided to keep some of the stuff in the book because this book is not about me. It's for every single person who has some self doubt to destroy and a destiny to fulfill. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing I want to say too, Ed about this is I believe every person listening, I believe our steps are ordered. I believe our lives are divinely orchestrated. And let me tell you something right now, when I built it cosmetics, when we have millions and millions and millions of paying customers in the US and built this whole movement, like it was not an accident I worked in a strip club. It wasn't an accident I waitressed at Denny's. Mm-hmm. It wasn't an accident that I was selling in the health club and understood what it's like to love someone else at the expense of loving myself. Mm-hmm. I believe, because what I learned. That the, My friends who work with me in the strip club, in the adult entertainment club, my friends there are the same as my friends sitting next to me in my college classes, as the professors teaching, as, as the people waitressing with me at Denny's, as the, the now fellow CEOs and fellow billionaires I know, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're the same. At our core, yeah. we all wanna know we're enough, mm-hmm. that we're worthy of love and belonging, Mm-hmm. Every one of us, we're the same.
0: I've never been more proud of you. The reason I'm just sitting here watching you is like, when well, I read it, I was proud of you, but to see you talk about it, it's even another level to have to verbalize it, I think. And I just hope everyone gains some measure of hope. Um, You know, that who would have pictured this girl who's working at the, the, the fitness club, dating a guy basically double her age, and you're gonna go, don't worry. Someday, young lady, you're gonna reach millions of people on stages and inspire them to change your life. Mm -hmm. And then, fast forward a little bit, and you're with this dude you meet in a strip club that you're working at, and just, you're not treating yourself, betraying yourself, to use your words earlier. and say, don't worry, young lady, someday you're gonna sell your company for over a billion dollars. I just hope all of you gain some hope from this, and that if you have somebody in your life who's currently making a mistake or not living true to their integrity or their character, send them this interview. Mm. Have them go get the book. Have them go to worthybook.com forward slash ed. Have them go there and hear this story, because it's one thing, Denny's waitress, to exiting for a billion dollars, how inspiring. She must be perfect. Mm. She just worked hard as a waitress. No, there's some mess in there, and your mess does not disqualify you. And I think the other reason it's so powerful, Rory said this first on the show, and you and I talk about it a lot too, but you're most qualified to help the person or people you used to be. If you used to be so perfect, who are you here to help? But all of you just realize that this woman who's built this remarkable life, she's literally one of the most admired women currently living on Earth. She is one of the most admired women, one of the most admired people on the planet right now. She's the person in my life outside of family that I admire the most, right? To think that at some point she was dating some dude, double her age, working in a gym, getting attention, letting him date other women, that she would see the other women he was dating. It wasn't like he was hiding it. Then she goes to work at a strip club. And before that, she was arrested at 14 years old. This is not perfect little Jamie that everybody thinks they know. This is someone who's a flawed human being who's worked on her worthiness and has the pathway to do it in her life. One of the big things you've done Bella, my daughter, wants to get into, I think, to my financial company. And I said this to her before I read your work, and that's why I was running in. I want to talk about this topic because when you already don't feel worthy and then you get rejected, mm. oh mm. wow. Right. And you've dealt with so much rejection in your life. You've had you've always had some body image issues yes. in your life. And when Bella got decided she wanted to do fun, she got her license and she said, Daddy, I'm gonna be great. I'm in sales, I can motivate. And I said, My biggest concern, Bella. Is how will you deal with all of the rejection you're going to get mm. it's the killer in sales not just life in sales if you can't deal with rejection you're toast mm-hmm. in life we frame rejection wrong. And you say in the book I'm gonna let you word it your way but if you can change your relationship yes. with direction you have these great sayings that people will remember I'm gonna let you say them but talk about that you already don't feel worthy most of us right then rejection comes in. To me, that's like the shovel on the face of burying someone's dreams Mm. is rejection. Unless what?
1: So yeah, rejection. So I'm getting like, so, emotional. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so emotional. Me too. So emotional. Rejection. Oh my gosh. Yeah, in the book In Worthy I go into like 20 tactical tools you can apply to your life right now to build mm-hmm. self-worth. And 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 chapter 2 that was almost it's it, it, it's so tactical. It was its mm-hmm. own book. Yeah. It was its own book and mm-hmm. I didn't want to wait two more years for it to come out. So it's yeah. literally now a chapter in Worthy yeah. called When you change your relationship with rejection, you change your entire life and I go deep in a framework in it called the four R's, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and and this is Mm life-changing. Because as you know, everything in life is just the meaning we attach to it, right? It's the story we tell ourselves about. It's the meaning we attach to it. It is possible and I know because I've done it. As you mentioned, like I went years. A lot of people see the success of it cosmetics, but the first 3 years, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of rejections. Everyone telling me that this wasn't going to make it, saying no, they didn't want me in their stores. Like we almost went bankrupt a number of times. We didn't pay ourselves for over 3 years. I mean, and most of us give up after one rejection or 20 rejections, right? I've done a lot of things wrong in building that business, but one of the things I did right was I learned how to change my relationship with rejection and become fearless over it. Mm So really quick, do you want me to take everyone through this framework? Okay, Mm -hmm. because you could do this with Ed and I right now live. So Mm -hmm. let me just start with this question, and and I want you to answer it honestly, okay? Okay. Honestly. When I I say imagine yourself getting rejected or you failing at something, what is the first thought you have? When you get rejected or you fail at something. And be really honest, sometimes we don't we think it we don't even realize we're thinking it. Mm-hmm. What's that first thought you have mm-hmm. when you get rejected or you fail? For me, most of my life it's like, yep, there's proof, I'm not enough. Yeah. Proof again, I'm not enough. What has mm-hmm. it been for you, Ed? I'd you, wanna hide. I wanna
0: hide. Yep. I'd wanna hide. I wanna yep, hide. I wanna hide.
1: You know, when I ask, you know, I've asked small groups this question and, oh my gosh, the things people say just at home to know you're not alone. A lot of people are like, oh, yep, I'm stupid. I shouldn't have even tried. What Mm -hmm. was I even thinking? I'm a Mm -hmm. loser. I don't have what it takes. I'm unqualified, right? Whatever your first thought you just had is, that is the first R called reveal. And it is your current definition of rejection. Mm -hmm. So whatever that first thought you had is, I want to hide. I'm stupid. I'm a loser. I'm not enough. That is your current definition of rejection. That is the meaning you assign to rejection. And now here's the thing as human beings, we are wired to avoid pain at all costs, right? Like it's why for some of us, we won't even go to the gym because we know there's pleasure in the outcome and the health and the wellness, but I don't want the pain of working out. Like we will avoid pain at all costs in different areas of our life. So So if your definition right now at home that you just thought to yourself is painful, and for most of us, it is, I'm not enough, I'm a loser, I'm stupid, I shouldn't have tried, I wanna hide. Mm. If it is painful, you will stay stuck, you won't go for it, like, mm. you'll talk yourself out of it so because you wanna avoid pain. Mm. So so, so the second R wow. is to redefine and reframe mm. that definition. But here's the key, because then, you know, y- y- you talk about, I think, scratching a CD. Yep. Like, uh, every time your old definition you just thought of comes to your mind you intercept it and you replace it with this new true definition but it has to be true this is the second R which is redefined it has to be true so a couple examples uh, uh, rejection is God's protection love this right? rejection is God's protection now I believe that is true you have to believe your new definition is true I believe that at my core it's Mm -hmm. true. And then over time I can look back and go, yep, that was true. Rejection was God's protection. Give me
0: one example, if you don't mind, that I know about when you were really, really trying to sign... Uh, to get uh, equity, signed with this oh, dude, yeah. and he basically tells you no, and the reason no is blah yes. blah blah, yes. and like that was a, that was a really traumatic moment in your life, yeah. but it was actually God protecting you at the same time. Yes. So, do you mind just showing them that, and then we'll go to the other th- two R's? But yeah. go ahead, this is because they'll remember this the rest of their and, life.
1: And, and by the way, the dude not wanting to to date me, you know, exclusively mm. in the health club, mm. you know, that's rejection, a form of rejection.
0: Yes, yeah, sure is. Which,
1: thank God, yeah. I could have just. Doubted myself out of my whole future. Yes. Just gone with him one-on-one off into the sunset. What a great point. Right? Rejection's yeah. God's protection. The point. dude that breaks your heart, like all of it, right? The friend that betrays your t- trust that doesn't invite you to the party and you don't know why. Rejection is God's protection. So the 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 story you're sharing, uh, oh my gosh, we'd had years and years of rejections and I finally got this big meeting with a potential an- investor, huge private equity company. We went to several, several meetings. Got into the diligence phase where we hired lawyers, like I thought this deal was gonna happen. And Ed I thought like, oh my gosh, if he invests in us, then we're not gonna go bankrupt. Like he's gonna be my knight in shining armor. Mm -hmm. And and I was putting him on this pedestal, right? And I was like, oh and it got down to the final meeting. Paulo, who you know my husband. Paulo, Paulo was there. We flew up for this, we were in person. I just thought it was gonna change my life and it did. Just in a different way, uh, <laughs> but it came down to the, the end of the meeting, and this this head investor was there, a very famous private equity company. Mm-hmm. Um, his whole team was there; they were awesome. And at the end, he says to me, uh, "You should be so proud! Like this is a great product. Congratulations!" Uh, but it's a no; we're going to pass on investing in it cosmetics. And I was just like okay can you tell me why Mm cuz feedback is usually a gift Um, Mm -hmm. and he got really quiet and he says to me do you want me to be really honest with you and I was like yes please Mm -hmm. and I remember like my heart beating in my ears Mm -hmm. because I was like why is he not sharing this with me and I remember the moment his mouth started moving and he says I just don't think women will buy makeup from someone who looks like you with your body and your weight And two things, like in that moment, I never actually got angry at him, but I remember this lifetime of body doubt yeah. and self-doubt. Like, f- So it felt like I was staring my own fear mm-hmm. um, straight in the eye. But when he said that, I remember this feeling like in, in my gut and I can feel it like it was yesterday that said he's wrong. Like I mm-hmm. felt it in my gut. Mm-hmm. Right. And two things. When I look back at that moment, like that feeling, that intuition, that knowing was so strong that said, he's wrong, mm. even though I couldn't prove it. Like, I was not selling much. We were barely in business. I had been getting rejections for years. Mm. But when he said those words to me, like, I just don't think women will buy makeup from someone who looks like you with your body and your weight. And that feeling like what I know and I can look back at that moment is that like this dude gave me a no but God gave me a knowing like that knowing right and so two things happen Um, I didn't hear from him again for six years now I went out in my car and cried that day but (laughs) I didn't hear from him for six more years Um, and when those thoughts replayed in my mind you know when someone says something hurtful to us we can let it take root in our identity we can let it think that we're not enough and we need to change who we are (laughs) and so I would imagine myself turning down the volume on that know and, and turning up the volume on my knowing, right, mm. and trusting what I felt like God's word. Mm. Like I hear God when I pray through my intuition, through that gut feeling. Yes. Uh, the other thing I did was I redefined that rejection. Every time I was tempted to think, oh, I'm rejected, I'm not enough, like all the things, like my old story, I'd intercept it be like, nope, rejection's God's protection. Mm. I don't know how, I don't mm. see it yet, but I'm going to believe, because I know in my soul, I believe this to be true, rejection's God's protection. Mm. Six years later, this is so good. the day we sold to L'Oreal yep. uh, for 1.2 billion dollars cash, they were they're a public company, and I didn't know till the night before they were going to announce it publicly, the purchase price, everything, and it was on the homepage of the Wall Street Journal. It was everywhere. And that was the first time I heard from him in six <laughs> years. And he said, uh, congratulations on the L'Oreal deal. I was wrong.
0: Yeah, yeah, you were wrong.
1: Do you remember, Ed, that moment um, in the movie Pretty Woman yes. where like she goes in the store and they won't help her? Yes. And then she goes back the day later, a yes. couple days later. Yes. So what I wanted to say to him in that moment was like, <laughs> big mistake.
2: Huge, <laughs> huge.
1: I could give you one2 billion reasons why it was a huge mistake i didn't i kept it classy and i remembered two things because here's the deal had he invested and believed in me i was so desperate at the time we would have given him the majority of the company for like no money Because he didn't believe in me, like the day we sold the business, we were the largest shareholders. So it's like rejection is God's protection. And 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 there's so many other beautiful definitions. Like one day I was getting, oh my gosh, it was like in the middle of this massive season of rejections and I started Googling everyone I admire in business mm-hmm. and in thought leadership and in who's changed the world as a force for good. And I realized they've all gone through rejections. They're just the brave ones willing to keep going anyways. So good. So that was another definition. Definition that I put in my toolbox is like okay you know sometimes I was like okay I just got rejected but you know what this is a victory it means I'm one of the brave ones willing to keep I'm not sitting on the sidelines I'm not you know in the in the stands watching everyone else on the field like I am one of the ones in the field yeah. not living my life in regret and so this rejections a freaking victory because it means I'm one of the brave ones Five, yeah. willing to keep going for it right uh, another great definition could be I'm putting in the reps I'm putting Mm. in the reps, Mm. I'm getting strong enough to carry the weight of my yes or my success when it happens, right? We start stacking these new definitions, so that's the second R. The third R is my favorite, which I think it's the most powerful and it's called revisit. It's where we actually revisit old and past rejections and failures in our lives,
2: Mm.
1: pay attention to what definition have I given those? And let me redefine those. Very good. And when you and I have talked about a couple times together that I think is just so powerful. And for anyone listening who has had someone betray their trust, had the rug pulled out from under them, has someone who does not see their value or love them like they need to be loved. Mm-hmm. When I revisit rejections often, I will literally, here's how I define them most, my favorite way to define them. I, I will literally imagine God saying to me, like, no you weren't rejected like I hid your value from them because they're not assigned to your destiny And I believe it and to this day Ed, even like you know I always share everything with you but like even if there's a friend that just doesn't Mm -hmm. you know show up for me even though I always show up for them or whatever it is like instead of me feeling like oh something's wrong with me which would be my old default definition I'm like, okay, God's hiding my value from them because they're not assigned to my destiny. And yeah. I lean on that. And then it doesn't take root in my spirit. It yeah. doesn't, you know, take root in my self-worth. Yeah. I become more fearless and going after things and putting myself out there. And yeah. the fourth R is wait, revel. Uh,
0: wait, 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 wait. Yes. So hey guys, you know when I love technology and a great idea revolutionizes an old industry. And by the way, if there's an industry that needs a revolution, I think you'd agree with me. It's the healthcare industry. It's not easy to find good doctors. And by the way, good doctors that are in your area that also take your insurance. And that's why I love ZocDoc. They are revolutionizing the healthcare industry and the way you get access to doctors. ZocDoc, by the way, is Z-O-C-D-O-C. Here's who they are. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. Tons of different reviews on the doctors and they're local to you. You can find out if they take your insurance. I just did it for a tear. I had in my shoulder. One day later, I'm in the doctor's office getting some help, getting an order for an MRI. So go to ZocDoc.com slash mylet and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's zocdoccom slash mylet. ZocDoc.com slash mylet. If you've been listening or watching this show for a long time, you know what a big believer in NetSuite I am. I've been talking about them now for years. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors, which is why I've been using them now for five years myself. Over 37,000 other companies have as well. They've made the moves. To do the math. Now you'll see profit with NetSuite. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash mylet. netsuite.com slash mylet. M-Y-L-E-T-T. NetSuite.com slash MyLet. We're not moving off that yet. Imagine what your life would be like if you adopted or adapted to that belief that she just shared with you. She says so many brilliant things, but we need to slow down on that. I want you to imagine if you really believe that when you were rejected, God was telling you, I'm not revealing your value to them because they're not assigned to your destiny. Imagine how differently you would feel when someone's broken up with you, or doesn't ask you out, or doesn't buy from you, or doesn't join your company, or doesn't do anything that you would like them to do, yes. that God is hiding your value from them, didn't reveal your value to them because they're not assigned to your destiny. And by the way, I can tell you at 52 years old, haven't had a little bit of success in my life, and you've had a bunch of success younger than I have, that is actually hundred percent true. Yeah. You would not be ad- you're not adopting a belief system that's false there. It's a hundred percent true, which is why podcasting and books are so profound because you can learn from people that are further down the road from you and deduce these lessons. I don't know that there is a more powerful lesson somebody could learn than what you just said. Yeah. Right there, a million, I could give you story after story of my own life where my value is just simply being hidden not being revealed because they weren't assigned to my destiny like i everyone should write that down should yes. remember that makes me emotional my voice cracks when i say it because there may there may literally be because inside that belief system is there's a god and that you're being guided in my favorite chapter of the books on faith but we'll talk about that later but also that that belief system that he is always working in your favor even in the moments where it feels most like he isn't with you. He yeah. was most with you in those moments when you feel alone, yes. you feel abandoned. Yes. So I love that. Yes. Fourth is
1: Fourth is revel in the fact that you are now fearless mm. about rejection and failure and I'm telling you I can sit here right now and you ask me if self-worth is still a challenge and I'm like yeah, I'm a lifelong student. Yeah. Every day I have to apply the tools in this book to believe mm-hmm. I'm worthy of walking in the room, mm-hmm. to believe I'm worthy of you know, you being one of my best friends, <laughs> to believe I'm worthy of all of it. I have mm-hmm. to, so I'm a lifelong student. Yeah. But what I will say I've mastered <laughs> yeah. is I'm pretty freaking fearless when it comes to you your rejection, Failure, bring it. Like it does not phase me one bit, and I still deal with it every day, like all the time. We Mm. all do in little, little ways, big ways, small ways. Mm. You just don't see people posting about it on social. Mm. You know, everything looks great. But then behind the scenes, like, a lot of people struggling with self-worth, a lot of people not understanding how to become fearless about rejection, how to change their relationship with it.
0: So, yeah, yeah I'm so passionate about You know so what you say in the, the book it. that helped me, and I think will help a lot of people right now, too, is she goes through these different lies yes. in the book. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I bought into, I'm, we'll go through two of them because I want them to get the book, but I want to go through two of the lies that affected me. And here's what mine was... For a big majority of my life, and it's literally verbatim out of the book, lie that we tell ourselves is "I have nothing special to offer." Mm. And even like everyone's telling me, you got to write another book. You got to write another book. You got to write another book, right? And you you are one of the main people going. You got to write this book, and I know what it is because we've talked about it. And I still here. I am revisiting that lie. That's not that special. I don't have anything special to offer. I watch other people do a speech or a podcast or something, and I'm like, now that's good. I don't have anything special to offer. I really still believe that lie most often in my life, and I know people at whatever level they are at in life have bought into this. There's nothing special about me, and one of the reasons, one of the ways they prove that there's nothing special they have to offer is their past. They're like, up until now, I've not done anything special, so there's nothing special that I have to offer, and they use sort of their past as a reference point to dictate their future, would you agree with that? And then, what would you say to that lie? Because I think yeah. that's a biggie. I think most people listen to this that are driving right now are nodding or riding on the treadmill, running on the treadmill. And they're like, "Yeah, that's me. I don't think I have a whole lot special to offer."
1: Yeah, uh, I think you're exactly right that they think because they haven't felt it in the past. Right, mm-hmm. it's part of why I share so much about my past. Right, it's I so don't good. want anyone thinking that their past or where they come from determines where they're going Mm. Uh, so yeah i go into the lies that lead to self-doubt uh and how to unlearn those lies Mm. and and how to embrace and ignite the truths that that wake up worthiness and Mm. that lie about i've got nothing special to offer it is okay first of all If you are one of the brave ones, right, willing to actually show up as who you authentically are, just you being who you are is special. There is no one else like you in the entire universe, period. I could have launched a makeup business and gone, huh, okay, this has been done before several hundred thousand times. I got nothing special to offer. We did not win because the products were so great, although I think they were great. We won because I was brave enough Mm -hmm. to launch this thing authentic to who I am, Mm -hmm. which by definition, every single person driving their car, running on the treadmill, whatever you're doing right now in your life, if you are willing to be who you authentically are, you are by definition special right then and there. If you are willing to launch your business Mm -hmm. as who you authentically are, you have something special to offer. Mm. There has never been another you before. There is never gonna be another you, right? The way God made you, not just unique fingerprints, unique tongue print, unique Mm. iris of your eyes. There's Mm. no one else that has your actual heartbeat rhythm, right? When you look at the science behind it, there's no one else that has had your life experiences. There's no one else that has your thoughts, your emotions, Mm. or sees art and beauty the way that you do. If you are one of the brave ones, willing to do something authentically, it is indisputable that you have something special to offer. It's indisputable, right? And so many times, We crave love and belonging so much and we think that we can get it by waking up in the morning, putting on our happy uniform and our mask and showing up to the world as a people pleaser and who other people want us to be, Mm. right? 50% of women identify as people pleaser. 40% of men identify as people pleaser. Mm. So much of what we do is what we think will make everyone else happy at the expense of our own authenticity. But every time we think, I don't got anything special to offer Mm. and we keep showing up trying to conform or fit in or meet other people's expectations, at the expense of our own authenticity, what we're doing every time we do that is we're telling ourselves, I am not worthy of being who I authentically am. And slowly but surely it chips away at our self-worth. So one of the things you can do in your life right now to unlearn the lie, I've got nothing special to offer. First of all, it is again, indisputable Mm -hmm. when you show up authentically. You can't even dispute it. Do you have something special to offer? And I don't care if you're launching a business that thousands of other people have done and you've been telling yourself the lie. Oh, it's already been done before a million times or, oh, you know, other people have something special to offer in their book or on stage, but I don't like it's all a lie. Yep. It's all a lie. Right. And, and, and step one today is literally just going, wait a minute. Do you see you? Who, who look? Who am I? How do I feel? What do I want? Mm-hmm. What do I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, who am I? How do I feel? Who am I authentically mm-hmm. and actually show up that way? Yeah. And 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 try it today right. in a conversation with someone. Yes. Like, say what you really mean. Mm-hmm. Say how you really feel. When they mm-hmm. say, "How are you?" It's like, "Oh, I'm good. How are you?" Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. Say how you really feel. Do you really see them? And do you really see yourself? Yeah. Right. And and. and you know there's a whole chapter in the book uh, uh called uh, you're not crazy you're just first. Yeah. Uh because here's the thing. We tell ourselves this lie cuz we all crave love and belonging. We tell ourselves I've just got to fit in and, yep. and, and 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 morph into who others expect me to be so I can get love and belonging. Yeah. And all we end up doing is feeling alone, more lonely than ever and more disconnected. Than ever.
0: What if you're, by the way, what if the fact that this belief that you have that I have nothing special to offer, what if it could possibly be, by the way, and you are special because you're the only person with all those personalities and emotions and experiences, Jamie said, but here's a place to look. You want a place to look to know what you have special to offer? In your insecurities in your trauma, Mm, in mistakes you've made, in your past, I think oftentimes that that special thing you have to offer is hidden in pain, is hidden in mistakes you've made, is hidden in rejection that you've experienced. You know what your special thing might be to offer? The fact that you believe you have nothing special to offer is Mm -hmm. special and you could help people. That You know, Rory said, like we said before, that you're most qualified to help the person you used to be. I'm going to say it again. The fact that you believe that about yourself, probably that special thing is hidden in some sort of pain or insecurity or trauma that you have. So you are special. Here's the other one, and you just said it. You just like it's almost like you're reading my mind of what I want to ask you about. I've believed this lie, and I think it is more prominent with women, though. But I, I believe it. Lie in the book that she references. I should only be seen when I'm happy, mm. and I think that's that mask thing. They should only yes. see me on my a game. You just yes. said it. How are you doing today? I'm good. I should only be seen when I'm good. I want to make other people happy, so I have to project that I'm happy all of the time, and I think that puts a pressure on people. It yes. immediately makes you believe you have to be fake or inauthentic. Yes. When you believe that, or you do what I just said earlier, I'll just hide.
2: Yes. I'll
0: just hide, and I think a lot of us introverts, I, I, like, if I can't be on and be happy, then I shouldn't be seen.
2: Yes. And
0: I think we all suffer from this. This there's a depth to this book. I'm telling you that if you let your heart and mind open. To how did do, how does this apply for me? Because even that lie, I'm like, I don't. Bl-. And then I thought, no, that's a hundred percent me. I'm only seen when I'm on. I'm only seen when I'm happy. So tell us about that lie.
1: Yeah, um, and I remember the first time I ever saw you not on and not happy, mm-hmm. and I just felt so freaking grateful that you mm-hmm. trust. Like that, I just felt such a depth of connection with you. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. Uh, of men and women, you look at the study, 75% of us will hide our true emotions and just show up when we can deliver some kind of positive news, positive emotion, put on a happy face. We have this huge juxtaposition happening where we have tragedy and horrible things happening everywhere. And then like we have signs everywhere saying good vibes only, you know, and we feel like, okay, unless I'm positive and happy and all the things, which by the way, I believe we can control a lot of the way we feel often, right? I believe we can do a lot to control our state and everything else. But, you know, Glennon Doyle said like being human isn't about feeling happy. It's about feeling everything. And if we want the depth of connection with other people and ourself, we have to be willing to show up as we are. Yes. Otherwise, again, every time, you know, uh, we think like, oh, I'm not going to call my friend until I have something good to say. I don't want to bring them down with my problems or mm-hmm. oh, I you know all of these things. And what we do is 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 we doubt ourselves out of uh, into disconnection yeah. from people, from ourselves, mm-hmm. right? And every time that we show up inauthentically, just trying to be positive when that's not how we feel, right? And we're really trying to be someone other than who we are. God. We're telling ourselves we are unworthy as we are.
0: No kidding. And
1: yeah. here's the wow. thing, like. It is so important to be able to feel worthy of being sad or of saying, you know what, I feel insecure right now. Mm-hmm. Or you know what, I'm kinda bummed out today. Mm-hmm. or and, and to feel like someone else could hold space for that, like you're worthy of someone else holding space for that, mm-hmm. right? Like, and, and that you deserve someone showing up for you in that way. It's yeah. really a fundamental self-worth issue.
0: Can I say something to all the women listening? Can I give you some insight into your man and how it'll apply to him oftentimes? By the way, I'm not real big on either of you, like, gender-specific advice. Yeah. But I will tell you, if you have a man in your life who's struggling with this, he's he more than likely has been raised to believe that if he shows fear or sadness or that he's down or worried or has anxiety, that he's being weak. And so he only shows up strong might not be happy. Maybe it's strong. He only shows up. How's everything going? Everything's okay. And they keep things inside. And if you have a man in your life who does that regularly, like me, who's done it for years and years and years, you have a man who is stacking in his life pain, it's going to come out in other ways. And it's not until I've gotten older and I've had really good friends around me, like you, where there's been things that have happened in my life in the last year or two, as you know, where I'm like, no, I'm really hurting right now. Yeah. And it's allowed me to be um more me. And I am I am I'm a worthy person even when I'm not perfect. I'm a worthy person even when I'm down. I don't I'm I don't have to be strong all of the time. Yeah. And I know this applies to women as well, being happy and being strong, but it does apply in your man's life, believe me. Men have a real problem, real challenge being willing to say, I'm down right now. Yeah. I'm down. I'm hurting right now. And so know that if you can create a space where they feel like they're accepted when they do it and they don't feel weak for doing it, yes. I think you have a stronger relationship with that man mm-hmm. in your life if you have one for what it's worth. And to
1: add to that, it's so powerful what you just shared. Mm-hmm. When you look at the data that 73% of men feel inadequate, mm-hmm. Right. so many men are so good at hiding it. But mm-hmm. here's the thing, when you create a safe space mm-hmm. for a man in your life to share those things, what is so critical is that you do not let yourself go to the believing that same lie he did, Mm. which is somehow that's inadequate to feel those things. It is, there's so many, I'll just talk about some women in my life who Mm. wish their partner would open up more with this or that, but some of them, when their partner does, all of a sudden they start telling themselves the lie that, you know what I mean? And so it's Mm. like, it's both.
0: What do they tell themselves?
1: all of a sudden, they're not quite attractive. I wish he was stronger. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. those kind of things. Mm-hmm. It's it's a lie that everyone needs to unlearn, Very right? Because not only should everyone have the space to show up as they fully are, yeah. but, but the traditionally opposite gender roles need to be really aware of those lies because you can get someone back into hiding really fast.
0: Oh my gosh, that's so true. You know, you talk a lot in the book. I didn't know we were going to go here, but I'm glad we are about disconnection. Yes. It's a great story. I'll let you read the book, guys, about a fire at a hotel that she was in that really hit me. It's actually one of my favorite parts of the book. But this uh, relationship we have with becoming disconnected, And one of the real ways in a loving relationship, in a marital one or a boyfriend-girlfriend or same-sex relationship, that you become disconnected is by not being willing to say, I'm down, I'm hurting. It's a form of disconnection, because you're really lying to one another. You're disconnecting. Actually, what I'm feeling right now is some anxiety. I'm feeling some worry. I'm scared. I'm scared right now. And when you don't share vulnerably and authentically like that, you're creating a level of disconnection because there's no real authentic emotions and feelings being shared with one another. And that's why a lot of relationships suffer. One of them's trying to stay really, really strong. The other one's trying to, you know, put on the happy face all the time and no one's really sharing and showing up as they really are. And I think that's the symptom of the disease that they don't feel worthy. And that's why this work is so profound.
1: So profound and and what I'll say to that too, I think the most just staggering and profound form of disconnection is us disassociating from ourselves where, we don't even know how we feel. We're not even paying attention to who we really are, what we really feel. So then we're showing up in relationships, and and it's not even that we're intentionally sometimes not sharing it. Mm. We're just disassociating from ourselves, right? And and, and I won't won't share the whole fire story, but in the middle of a life-threatening emergency, Mm. I just remember... Normally, I take on everyone's energy around me, like kind of like as an empath. And it was mm. one of the times I remember literally being in such a mode where I disassociated from everything, was in full survival mode mm. to get out of this hotel fire alive somehow. And I realized, oh my gosh, in hindsight, everyone had handled the fire differently. Some people froze, some people panicked, others were screaming, running up and down the hallways. Mm-hmm. I just remember completely disassociating from everything, including my own body, and just being in full survival mode. And while that helped me in a fire and helped me find this like scaffolding to climb down the side of the building, it does not help me in life. Like mm-hmm. for me, and maybe a lot of people can relate to this, like numbing. Disassociating can come in so many forms. Yep. For some people, it's substances or mm-hmm. whatever, shopping or you know, gambling. It could be whatever, different addictions. Mm. For me, it's always, almost always, come in either food or work addiction mm-hmm. and busyness. Me too. Seeking the truth never gets old. Work addiction and busyness for so many of us, we see it as a badge of honor, but often it's just a form of numbing that disassociates and disconnects you from you. Mm. And mm. when we are mm, mm, mm. <laughs> when we are disconnected <laughs> and disassociated from ourselves in that way, mm. how do you think we're showing up in our relationships? Mm. Why do you think we feel so lonely? And, Ed, I just want to share something with you because...
0: Wow, 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 (laughs) right there. Yeah, go ahead.
1: So many of us don't feel seen, we don't feel heard, we don't feel loved, but we don't realize that so often the root of that is we don't see or love ourselves. And I'll never forget like in the book I go in there's a whole chapter on do you see you and mm-hmm. in that chapter there's 5 self worth shortcuts where I go into like Literally tactical things you can do in your life right now. Some might seem silly. Some might seem really profound. The things you could do in your life right now to to actually connect with yourself, mm-hmm. because we live in a world where where busyness is rewarded, where we're disassociated all the time, where we're people pleasing everyone else at the expense of our own soul, right? Where we're just trying to strive to get what the world defines success as. We're showing it for everyone else, and we don't even know. Like we're disconnected and disassociated from ourselves, and. We crave, each one of us, so deeply to be seen, like so deeply. Mm -hmm. And I just wanna share that I remember your talk show. Mm -hmm. And I remember, and I watched every single episode of your season. And anyone listening who, who watches Ed's interviews, listens to Ed's interviews, or has seen the talk show, any of that, you see People. Mm -hmm. And you see God Mm -hmm. in people. Mm -hmm. You see God's creation Mm -hmm. in people. I do. And when I've watched people sit in front of you, whether it's in this interview chair or in your talk show seat, and it could be someone that has committed tons of crimes, Mm -hmm. had massive amounts of failure in their lives, struggling to get by got problems they don't know how to solve, mm-hmm. or someone with tremendous success, you can see their their armor come down
0: mm-hmm.
1: from the way you see them. Thank you. And how you see God in them. Mm-hmm. And what I wonder, and I know you know what I'm talking about. I know where you're going. How you see them. But what I wonder is if you ever look at yourself in the mirror ed Mm Milette, into your own eyes Mm -hmm. literally when's the last time i'm just gonna ask you this when's the last time you looked in the mirror anyone listening to into your own eyes and saw god in you Mm -hmm. and who god created like the magnificence that is you the worth that is you
0: Time ago. Get me upset too long ago. Too long ago.
1: You more than anyone I know just sees the beauty and the mm-hmm. worth in other people.
0: Don't do that to me. Okay.
1: And when you shared earlier in the interview you're that. You're supposed to be crying on my show. <laughs> <you're right. clears
0: throat>
1: when you share. I cried earlier. When you shared that you still right now in this moment struggle with feeling love. Like you can love other people. Mm-hmm. One of the tools in here. Probably the simplest tool in the whole book. But not quite simple when you do it. Is actually like looking in the mirror in your own eyes and Mm -hmm. everyone at home like listening to this when is the last time you actually looked in the mirror in your own eyes Mm -hmm. and saw the miracle in motion that is you Mm -hmm. like the beauty and the grace and the power that God made you Mm -hmm. you And if you can look in your mm, own eyes the way God breathed life into you when he created you, mm, that's what you do for other people. That's why people are obsessed with your show. That's why I watch people just completely disarm and connect with you on your talk show.
2: Mm.
1: You can do that for other people. They feel that. Mm. And the most important thing is to be able to do that with yourself.
0: You're right. You're right. Thank you for that. I, I thank you for that. That's a hard one for me, and it's one that I, I. Uh, I went past that part of the book really quick. Honestly, yeah. I'll be honest with you, because I'm like oh, I don't know that I want to... but it is simple to do, and I do need to give myself the gift of doing that because I know how great I feel when I see, like I said to you earlier in the interview, the Holy Spirit's flowing right now. It took us like ten minutes. I could see it, and I would love to see more of that in myself because I know that it's there. I just uh the, the, a lot of what you just said the last 10 minutes, you know. I can't, I'm going to cry so I don't want to cry so anymore. But even the just staying busy, just staying busy producing, you know, is a form of disconnection. Yeah. And I think that it does eventually show up and rob you of some kind of connection with the people around you that you love the most if you're not connected with yourself. Yes. So I will do that for my children. I will do that for my family.
1: Can Um, I add to this? I talk mm -hmm. in the book about a book you're writing that I cannot freaking wait for. (laughs) Um, I know it's going to be a while before it's out, but you talk about let me tell you about you Mm -hmm. and something you've done with your daughter, your son, Mm -hmm. like you're so good. At telling other people about them.
0: So are you, by the way. But thank you. I, I, You are too. You see that in me because you're great at it.
1: I would love... If you want to know what I want for Christmas or my birthday this year, both, <laughs> I want Ed Milette to look in the mirror. I'll do it for you. And tell Ed about Ed.
0: I'll do that for you. I really will. I promise you that I will do that. I'll probably do it tonight because I'm getting emotional. So that means I'm supposed to do something. Yeah. I will do that. I'll do it tonight. You don't have to wait till then. Um... Thank you for that gift for me. Now that everybody's listening to our friendship conversation. Um, <laughs> well,
1: I want to reiterate too, Ed, because you're talking about busyness and everything else. Like, this is not about curbing ambition at all. Mm-hmm. It is about, like, I hustle harder right now well, you sure do. than I have ever in my life. I can
0: attest to that. She's <laughs> hustling.
1: I work so hard. Yes. I freaking, I feel like I'm not even close to scratching the surface on my potential to impact the world. Yes. Like, I'm fired up Every day, the yep. difference is now that I've learned how to build self worth. Like I'm actually enjoying it yeah. instead of constantly feeling like it's never enough and I'm mm-hmm. never enough. And so, I just want to reiterate that. And and uh, and also, I'm disassociating into busyness less, and I'm actually feeling it Good. more. Good. You know, so these aren't these tools like. I I believe this to my core. If you feel like you have so much more potential in your business and in your goals and ambitions and everything else and you don't know why you're not crushing it, like here's the thing, y'all. You wanna double your business, double your self worth. Like awesome. you wanna double your success, double your self worth. Yeah. You wanna double your net worth, yeah. double your self worth. Yeah. Like it is the one thing that changes everything. And
0: if you go get worthy right here, guys, you go get this book you've made huge strides towards doing that. That if you don't have this book, you're gonna be behind on doing it. And so it's not only you know doing all these things in the mirror, it's getting this book because it's loaded with strategies. Go get worthy. Let me ask you one more question and I want to talk last, just we'll finish up with, um, this has been so good. Like, every time you and I are together, we have amazing conversations, but I like when we record them for the benefit of other people. And this is the best of the three that we've done. And we've done two incredible, interviews before, but this is the best, and uh, and easily the best. And so at the end, we'll, we'll re-mention our, our ability, to, people to get coached by us. There's a part of the book that stood out to me, and I knew a little bit of this story before because you had shared it with me prior, but I, there's two things that stood out to me in the book that are subtle. One is in the very beginning of the book, you say, when was the first time, do you remember the first time in school where you knew the answer to a question, but you didn't raise your hand? Mm. And everybody probably listening to this had that moment in their life, and that's the beginning of your worthiness issues. And yeah, there was a lot of times I, didn't, I wanted to hide, like I said earlier. And the other one, and it may seem surprising to you, out of the entire book, but is the cinnamon roll story mm-hmm. with your mother-in-law. Yeah. And I'd like you to tell that story, because I, I think people remember stories and then the lesson from it. And in some metaphorical way, Everybody can relate to this story in some way in their life. And I think it's another deeply personal story because it's from this person that everyone looks up to, everyone admires. Mm. Yet even at that stage of your life where you were in the in the midst of doing something great, this shows up. So Everyone listen to this, because it goes to picking on this wound of your body issues all of your life, Mm -hmm. which is amazing to me, because you're such a beautiful woman. But you definitely have carried this with you. So share that story with them and the lesson from it.
1: You want to know what's wild, Ed, is on the last episode you and I did about a year ago, we we touched on body issues for two seconds, like very Mm. briefly, didn't even go deep. The number of men Men. that sent me Messages about their own challenges with not wanting to take their shirt off like all these different things really? I was like this is a real so mm. so in Worthy, There's two chapters one is not about your weight at all, but it is called uh, The lie my weight determines my worth so good. It's called don't wait on your weight Yes, and it's not about your weight your weights are relevant. It's about waiting on your weight to live your best life, to put on the swimsuit, to ask the person out on the date, to all of those things. Like what is waiting on your weight already cost you in your life? For a lot of people, it's cost them going to the reunion, saying yes to the party, saying yes to the event, right? 89% of women opt out Girls and women, 89% of them opt out of meaningful interactions with friends, family, and loved ones when they don't like how they look. Like, it is a thing. So yeah. we go deep into what has waiting on your weight already cost you, and how do you flip that script? Because I had to flip that script in my own life. I had, you know, built IT Cosmetics. We had over seven million women, just in the US, or our customers that were, I mean, it, it was all about redefining beauty, empowering, right? Yeah. I have rosacea, the skin condition, and I had, you know, just reveal it on national television you know I did over a thousand live QVC shows what's wild is uh, I've sold over a billion dollars in product just direct to camera not because the product was good and it's really good Mm -hmm. it's because I think people finally felt seen Mm -hmm. and they felt like connected you know and 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 I and anyhow crazy even with all that I was still crazy I still didn't feel confident in a swimsuit Even with all that, right? I was still waiting on my weight. It wasn't until my daughter Wonder was born and the first time that we took her swimming and I didn't, I thought I'm just going to sit on the side, Mm. covered up. And I was like, what has this already cost me in my Mm. life? And... Let me just make this not about me for a minute let me go shake my cellulite with pride and jiggle it with joy and like mm-hmm. show my dog because if i'm hiding on the sidelines i'm telling her she's not worthy in her own skin mm-hmm. you know if i'm hiding on the sidelines i'm telling other people they should too i'm like no no no. i can't make this about me and that was the moment i decided to flip the script and realize what does this already cost me but the the story you're talking about is a different lie a different chapter in the book uh called i need to please them in order to love me. Mm-hmm. For everyone out there who is a people pleaser, and it is the majority of us. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I kind of <laughs> use this funny example of, uh, and it wasn't, only a couple years ago this happened, we're all together at Christmas. I have, every year for Christmas I'll have, I'm adopted so I have like five different families, long story, right? And, and then I have a lot of friends without family and I just invite everyone for Christmas, whoever wants to come and we do big tables of C's candy and like the whole thing. Uh, and so we're there and my mother-in-law, Paula's mom is extremely healthy, like sh- everyday salmon, broccoli, <laughs> like it's very disciplined, mm. very, she's, I mean, and she works out, mm. she's in great shape, like all this stuff. She's in her 70s and just so disciplined, clean eater all the time. Mm. I cannot say that about myself, Ed. <laughs> <Me And laughs> we're sitting there and there's a, on the kitchen island there's these hot, gooey cinnamon rolls Right next to them is a spread of berries. There's broccoli. There's like all the vegetables, right? And I'm and and, and my mother-in-law is always on top of my husband Paulo for it. He's like, you need to eat healthy. Don't put that. You know all the things. Like his whole life, she's teaching him how to be healthy now the difference between me and paulo is paulo does not care what anyone has to say about anything that's for sure <laughs> paulo i can attest
0: <laughs> you can you can criticize him you could judge
1: him you could do anything yep. he's either oblivious yep. or if he's aware of it he does not care at all yep. it's been good for me actually to mm. be around that um, for me though i'm a people pleaser my whole life i've worked very hard to learn how to undo that mm. because when you people please for others, you are almost always betraying yourself. When you say yes, when you mean no, when you say no, when you mean yes, when you, you know, all the things, you're almost always betraying yourself. In this moment, this I'm sitting big. there big. with my mother-in-law, yeah. feeling like I want that cinnamon roll. Mm-hmm. But if I get that cinnamon roll, she is gonna judge me. Mm-hmm. She is gonna judge me. And I was just making eye contact with the cinnamon roll. It was like a forbidden (laughs) love affair. Literally. I was like imagining telling the cinnamon roll, like, listen, my mother-in-law's here. Like, I know we have this love affair, but I've got to go with the broccoli today. I don't even love the broccoli. Mm -hmm. I don't even feel it with the broccoli. (laughs) But today I've got to choose the the broccoli. And, Mm -hmm. And like cinnamon roll, I'd rather... Have love that n- almost never happened and have never loved at all. <laughs> it was this whole dialogue in my head with yeah. a cinnamon roll. So good. And I'm like, oh, struggling, right? Mm. Like, But in that moment, I wanted to be loved more than I wanted to be me. And I was like, I have to go with the broccoli. And the more I sat there on that day thinking about my mother-in-law judging me, this is what happens with Mm people-pleasing. We all have this happen in our life every single day. What I know for sure and what I realized is, okay, if I choose the broccoli because I think she's going to love me more, it's actually not going to arrive at love at all, right? It's going to arrive at her approving of someone I am not. (laughs) Wow. Right. It's going to arrive at at an inauthentic relationship Mm -hmm. that has a barrier of disconnection, a wall between us, Mm -hmm. because no matter how much approval she sends my way, I can't even receive it because I know it's not who I am authentically. Right. So people pleasing even though we think it puts on the facade of making everyone happy, it just creates a barrier of disconnection between you and that person. It actually creates less love Mm -hmm. between you and that person. Mm -hmm. So I made the decision, you know what? I want to have real connection Mm -hmm. and love with this person. Mm -hmm. And I, for that to happen, I have got to show up as who I authentically am. And so the moment I decided to reach across with the spatula, get yeah. this hot, gooey cinnamon roll, which by the way, 30 minutes had gone by. It was not even hot anymore.
0: It took that long. It
1: took that long, yeah. Mm. Just debating it, just contemplating it, wanting mm. that freaking cinnamon roll, mm. right? Like like pretending I'm not thinking about it, all mm. the stuff. I grab the cinnamon roll, put it on my plate. I watch her make eye contact with me I watch her look at the cinnamon roll, and she says to me, I just love being with the grandkids. Did you know Wonders reading comprehension so good and Wilder is so... F-? She starts chatting away about the grandkids. And I realize she doesn't give a crap if I'm eating a cinnamon roll. That's right. She could care less. Yeah. What I was doing was projecting right. my own insecurities onto her. It's huge. The whole time. It's huge. And I just wondered how many other times... Oh. right had I had, have I have I been tempted or have shown up to please someone else when they're not even thinking about it that's right and it's at the expense of that connection Gosh, right it's, and so it's yeah. a
0: huge guys it's a huge lesson by the way the lesson there is not eat cinnamon rolls and not broccoli that's not what Jamie's <laughs> saying which you know exactly what she's saying what yeah. she's saying here, is that we'll wear these masks or we'll show up in certain ways, project a version of ourselves that we think will be accepted rather than the one that we truly are. And then you have no deep, meaningful connections in your life. You can't go deep with friends that way. And I don't even think you can build great businesses or great anything or great culture if you're not truly showing up. One of the most powerful things I ever did in my business career was I would literally tell people when I would hire them, I don't know whether we're going to make it or not, but we're going to do everything we can. And if we do make it, it's going to be absolutely incredible. Rather than projecting no fear. So these things of showing up authentically matter. This has been one of the most transformative conversations we've ever had on the show. I certainly have ever had in my life, Mm -hmm. for me. I don't think any, only one other guest has ever got me to cry on the show, which was Granger Smith recently. And I actually sent that to you going, You need to see this. <laughs> now I have another clip I have to send to people going, You have to see this. But let me ask you this last. And by the way, everybody, make sure if you want to get coached by Jamie and I and you want to get the book, you go to worthybook.com forward slash Ed right now, get the book, get some extra books. All you have to do is get one to qualify to be coached. But there's all kinds of uh, additional incentives and things like that on there for you to even do. More and give these out as gifts as well. And
1: I'm excited. Like, a live me coaching too. call with you yeah. is I don't a even know what that would normally deal. cost,
0: but I mean, you get yeah. to, you guys get there with me, but you're sitting there with a the person who's exited our company for over a billion dollars. And you
1: get it? You're guaranteed just when you pre order the book. And yeah. by the way, I haven't even shared this. I'm donating 100% of the proceeds. 100% of the mm. proceeds. Like, this is for me. And I sell nothing on my site. Like, right. there's, this there's is no upsells here. This is a
0: labor of love yeah. and belief.
1: Yeah. This is like, I feel like my life's greatest work, my life's mission. And you were sharing earlier, like, You know, your best position to serve the person you once were, Roy Vaden quote, for for everyone listening, like, one of the things I wanted to add to that is why I share so much of my past failure, pain, mistakes, regrettable incidents, embarrassing moments in here for the first time ever is I just, what you said is so often, like, the things we go through, we think they were just failures or hard times or or misfortunes or pain in our Mm -hmm. life but they're actually one of the greatest keys to us discovering our purpose, Good right? Enough. Because the things we are going through become the things we made it through. And once we've made it through those things, we we now have the power to help someone else make it through. And so many people think, oh, I gotta find my purpose in my job, and my purpose, in, or, uh, and I don't know what my purpose is. And you hit it on the head look at the things that have been sources of pain mm-hmm. that you wouldn't wish to ever happen to yourself again or anyone else but you made it through those things yeah. it's why I share some of them in the book mm-hmm. it's like you made it through them and then look you can find your deepest sense of purpose in this life when you help other people make it through and the things we make it through manifest in so many different ways like when I'm you know doing over a thousand live shows on QVC the reason the numbers were so good wasn't the product is that i i see and understand people and i care yep. I, and i learned how to do that By working at the Mm -hmm. strip club and at Denny's and at all these places where I see and value and understand what people have gone through what Mm -hmm. their pain is what they're trying to overcome how they're just trying to make it by Mm -hmm. how they're trying to feel love and belonging in this world Mm -hmm. like all of those steps are ordered Mm -hmm. right so the things that you've gone through that maybe you're thinking or labeling as pain or regret or things that are past failures that you wish never happened like they can be your greatest source of Mm -hmm purpose in this life, right? Your greatest source of contribution. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's like the greatest gift because a lot of people try to find purpose in the wrong things and wonder why they're never feeling that they have it.
0: Mm -hmm. You, uh, last I was thinking how I was going to introduce you in the beginning. And I was going to say originally, you know, she doesn't need to do this Mm -hmm. because on the surface you don't like She's got all the money that she'll ever have or grandkids will ever need. She's already had notoriety and fame. She has great friends. Her heroes, like Oprah Winfrey, are now people that believe deeply in her and she's done collaborative work with. Like, she doesn't need to do this. But the more that I'm watching you today and I've been listening to you is you did need to do this. And that your entire life's been preparing you for this moment right now. And there's nothing more rewarding for me than to see a friend step into, authentically, who they are. And that every single moment, since you were a little girl and you were adopted, to you bringing Mike his beer. And you guys will hear about that in the book, your stepdad. And I i don't know why, but that just stuck with me, of you bringing your stepdad a beer to please him in the morning, because mm-hmm. he wanted it. And that's one way you could get acknowledgement. All the way through your life, being arrested at 14 and mm-hmm. running with the wrong crowd then, then at the gym, then at the strip club the Denny's in between, all of the rejection all of your life, meeting Paulo, starting at Cosmetics, doing all of the things that you've done, arrives to this moment right now, and this is the most important work you've ever done in your life. And so you did need to do this. Yeah. And I'm very, very proud of you, and I love you very much. And if you'd like to spend some time with her and I, please go to worthybook.com forward slash ed and make sure you guys pick up this incredible piece of work that's a lifetime of preparation in this book. And I love you, and I'm very proud of you. Thank I you for today. I love you. I love you. Thank you. All right. God bless you, everybody. I don't need to ask you, but I know you will. Share today's episode. Take care. This is The Ed Marlin Show.